Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where the past comes alive with facts, anecdotes, and a dash of humor. Here are your hosts, Chuck and Marco. Welcome to the History AI Podcast. I'm Chuck. And I'm Marco. Today, we're diving into a remarkable moment of humanity during the darkest of times, the Christmas Truce of 1914 during World War I. That's right, Marco. A moment when guns fell silent and enemies became friends, if only for a day. Let's take a step back and paint the picture of the world before the Christmas truce. It's 1914, the first year of a conflict that would become known as the Great War, later World War I. Europe was a powder keg waiting to explode. Decades of complex alliances, militarization, and nationalistic fervor set the stage for a war on an unprecedented scale. The assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria in June 1914 was the spark that ignited the war. This led to a domino effect, with countries declaring war on each other due to a web of alliances. By August, major powers were at war. The Allies, including France, the British Empire, and Russia, faced off against the Central Powers, led by Germany and Austria-Hungary. The Western Front, stretching from the North Sea to the Swiss border, became a brutal battleground. Both sides dug in, creating a network of trenches separated by the dreaded no-man's land. Life in the trenches was hellish. Soldiers faced constant shelling, machine-gun fire, and the threat of gas attacks. The conditions were atrocious, mud, lice, rats, and the stench of death were constant companions. Battles like the First Battle of Ypres and the Battle of the Mons had already demonstrated the war's brutality and the futility of trench warfare. And amidst this chaos, the first Christmas of the war approached. Soldiers, far from home and living in squalor, faced the prospect of a festive season in the trenches. It was against this backdrop of suffering and despair that the Christmas truce would emerge, a fleeting moment of peace and camaraderie in the midst of one of the darkest chapters in human history. To understand the Christmas truce, it's crucial to know who was fighting. World War I was a clash of empires and alliances on a scale never seen before. On one side, the Allies, primarily composed of three major powers, France, the British Empire, and Russia. Each brought its own motivations and goals to the war. France, still nursing wounds from the Franco-Prussian War of 1870-71, sought to reclaim lost territories like Alsace-Lorraine and defend against German aggression. The British Empire, concerned about maintaining its global dominance, was drawn in partly due to its treaty obligations to Belgium, which Germany had invaded. Russia, with its vast empire, was driven by both a desire to support fellow Slavic peoples in Serbia and to expand its influence in Eastern Europe. Opposing them were the central powers, led by Germany and Austria-Hungary. Each had their own ambitions and fears. Germany, a rising power seeking its place in the sun, was driven by desires for territorial expansion and to challenge the existing European powers, particularly Britain and France. Austria-Hungary, a multi-ethnic empire, was grappling with internal strife and saw the conflict as a way to assert its dominance in the Balkans, especially after the assassination of its heir, Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Other nations would join these two sides, but in 1914, these were the primary players. Each side dug into a war they thought would be short but which would drag on for years, transforming the world and setting the stage for the 20th century. And it was these soldiers, from diverse backgrounds and nations, who would momentarily put aside their differences during the Christmas truce, creating a poignant chapter in the annals of military history. The path to the Christmas truce began not on the battlefield, but with a plea for peace from an unexpected source. 
In the Vatican, Pope Benedict XV, deeply disturbed by the outbreak of war, made a bold proposal. That's right, Marco. In December 1914, the Pope called for a temporary ceasefire to observe Christmas. He appealed for a truce of God, asking that guns may fall silent at least upon the night the angels sang. However, this plea from the Pope wasn't officially heeded by the warring governments. They were too entrenched in the conflict, both literally and figuratively. But, something remarkable was stirring in the hearts of the soldiers. Despite the lack of an official ceasefire, troops on both sides were growing tired of the constant bloodshed and longed for a respite, however brief. On the Allied side, soldiers from Britain and France, many of whom had never spent a Christmas away from home, were feeling particularly nostalgic. Letters from home and Christmas parcels had begun to arrive, bringing with them a longing for peace and normalcy. Meanwhile, on the German side, soldiers were also homesick. They received Christmas trees and gifts from back home, reminding them of the festivities they were missing. The stage was set not by commanders or politicians, but by ordinary soldiers in the trenches. The harsh winter weather, the shared hardships, and the holiday spirit all played a role in fostering a mutual desire for a break in hostilities. This shared sentiment grew as Christmas approached. Soldiers began to shout greetings across no man's land, and there were instances of fraternization, such as waving and calling out to each other, showing that despite the conflict, there was still a mutual understanding and humanity. It was in this atmosphere, with an unofficial nod to the Pope's call and a groundswell of desire for a moment of peace among the soldiers, that the stage was set for the extraordinary event that was about to unfold. The Christmas truce didn't just happen spontaneously. It was a series of events that unfolded over several days, culminating in one of history's most unique moments. The evening of December 24th marked the beginning. In the British and German trenches, there was an unusual calm. As darkness fell, troops on both sides noticed something extraordinary. The Germans began to light candles and place them on their trenches and on small Christmas trees. The sight of these flickering lights was surreal amidst the war-torn landscape. Then came the singing. German troops started with Christmas carols. Still nacked, Silent Night, was one of the first, echoing across the desolate no-man's land. On hearing this, the British and French troops responded with their own carols. This call and response continued, with voices carrying across the front lines. By dawn on Christmas Day, the unofficial truce was taking shape. Soldiers, initially cautious, began to climb out of their trenches. There were shouts of Merry Christmas in different languages. Troops hesitantly met in no man's land, exchanging greetings and handshakes. This was no organized truce, but rather small, localized ceasefires. In some areas, soldiers exchanged gifts, food, tobacco, alcohol, and souvenirs like buttons and hats. Football matches broke out. Makeshift balls were used, and soldiers played in the frozen, muddy land between the trenches. These games weren't formal, more like kickabouts, but they symbolized a moment of joy and humanity. There were also somber moments. Soldiers used the time to retrieve the bodies of fallen comrades, giving them a proper burial. Unfortunately, the truce was short-lived. By December 26th, in most places, it was over. Officers on both sides received orders to resume fighting, and the war's grim reality quickly returned. In some areas, the truce lasted a bit longer but the general consensus was clear, the war must go on. The Christmas truce faded into memory, 
but its legacy would live on as a powerful testament to the resilience of human spirit and camaraderie amidst one of the darkest chapters in history. The Christmas truce was an extraordinary event, but its reception among the military leadership and its aftermath were complex. Many senior officers on both sides were not pleased with the truce. They viewed it as a breach of discipline and a threat to the fighting spirit of the troops. Some commanders were lenient, understanding the soldiers' need for a brief respite. But others were strict, issuing reprimands and ensuring such fraternization wouldn't happen again. For the soldiers who participated, the truce left a lasting impression. It humanized the enemy, which made returning to combat more psychologically challenging. The truce highlighted the absurdity of the war for many. After sharing moments of peace, returning to the brutal reality of trench warfare was a jarring and disheartening experience. News of the truce was initially suppressed, but eventually, reports began to appear in newspapers. The public reaction was mixed. In Allied countries, the truce was often portrayed as a display of Christmas spirit and the humanity of their soldiers. In contrast, German troops were sometimes depicted as using the truce for strategic advantage, which wasn't the case. The Christmas truce had a lasting impact on how the war was conducted. Commanders became more stringent about preventing fraternization. They ensured that future Christmases during the war did not witness similar events. The truce also left a legacy in cultural memory. It's been romanticized in literature, film, and music, symbolizing hope and humanity in the midst of despair. It served as a reminder that even in the darkest times, there's a longing for peace and common ground in the human spirit. Indeed, Chuck. The Christmas truce stands as a poignant example of the power of empathy and the universal longing for peace, even amidst the most catastrophic conflicts. It's a reminder of the common bonds we share, beyond the conflicts that divide us. Speaking of sharing, Marco, did you hear about the German soldier who shared his beard during the truce? No. What happened? He said it was the happiest Christmas he ever had. Chuck, your jokes are as bad as the rations in those trenches. Thanks for tuning into the History AI podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, follow, and share. Your support means a lot to us. And don't forget, you can suggest topics through our social media channels. We love hearing from you. Until next time, I'm Chuck. And I'm Marco wishing you a peaceful holiday season. Remember, history is not just about the past, but lessons for our future. Thanks for listening, and Merry Christmas. Step into the thrilling world of sports betting with The Starting Line, an introduction to sports betting. Whether you're a beginner or simply curious, this comprehensive guide takes you from the basics to the advanced. Learn to decode odds, develop winning strategies, and bet responsibly. Get your copy now and transform every game into an adventure. The Starting Line is your first step towards mastering the art of sports betting. Available on Amazon.